This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Your Radio Doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, physicians, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on Your Radio Doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Saturday afternoon at 5. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or ten months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good evening, and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Friends, the story you're about to hear describes a miracle. A five-year-old girl was diagnosed with leukemia, which didn't respond to treatment. As hope vanished, her parents brought her to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where doctors offered an experimental therapy that proved successful and led to dramatic advances in medicine that truly changed history. Joining us today is Dr. Stefan Grupp from Children's Hospital to talk about this remarkable case. Later, we'll be joined by Tom Whitehead, father of the beautiful little girl, Emily, who is now a happy 17-year-old high school student celebrating 10 years of a cancer cure. Stefan A. Grupp, MD, PhD. Dr. Grupp is a professor of pediatrics and the Yetta Deech Novotny Endowed Chair in Pediatric Oncology at the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Penn. He's also the chief of the Cellular Therapy and Transplant Section and the director of the Susan S. and Stephen P. Kelly Center for Cancer Immunotherapy at Children's Hospital. And he's been recognized with countless awards for his research from national medical societies and universities and for his lifetime of service from the Eagles, Eagles, Ronald McDonald House, and many more. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Steve, let's, let's start by sharing with our listeners what acute lymphoblastic leukemia is. I know it's the most common cancer in children, yes? That's exactly right. So call it ALL, uh, easier for us both to say. Um, I think it's important for your uh, listeners to know that uh, fortunately, cancer is less frequent, actually considerably less frequent in kids than it is in adults. But exactly as you say, ALL, uh, which is a kind of leukemia, is the most common uh, cancer in childhood. And it's actually uh, cancer that we generally do pretty well in treating. We can um, put um, almost all patients in remission. Uh, which is just the first step, but uh, the uh, likelihood of curing, uh, especially a younger patient with ALL these days, is uh, over 80%. So most of our patients do very well with standard chemotherapy, but we'll find out uh, about Emily who didn't. Mm -hmm. 
And what symptoms would a mom or dad look for? Well, uh, ALL can look like a lot of things. Um, and uh, it's one of those things where you have to recognize that it might be going on and think about the fact that the patient's had symptoms for a little while and longer than you would expect. But um, certainly bruising or bleeding would be one uh, a sign. Um, uh, and then you can also have bone pain, fevers. Um, and then if a, well, a blood, uh, any of that leads your doctor to do a blood count, uh, that doctor might find out that your blood count is abnormally low or abnormally high, uh, both the white cells and the other cells in the blood. And so those can all be signs uh, that the uh, patient has leukemia. So leukemia in general, if our bone marrow is the factory for making new cells because our red cells last 120 days, they, all of these cells get made new every so often. And if the bone marrow is flooded with abnormal white cells, we know white cells are the soldiers that fight off infection. And if they crowd out, say, platelets that help us clot, that might be why you'd see easy bruising. And if the white cells are plentiful, but they're not effective, you're going to see infection and fever. Is that a pretty good way to describe it? That's a great way to describe it. Uh, what, what happens is that bone marrow, uh, that place that the cells is made, is um, uh, replaced by these abnormal leukemia cells, and the normal stuff that's supposed to be in there isn't in there anymore. Mm -hmm. So conventional treatments, how would you approach a new case of ALL? So the overwhelming majority of kids these days will get uh, chemotherapy uh, for two and a half, three years. Mm. Um, so what happens is you start out with uh, uh, chemotherapy intended to put the patient in remission, several different chemotherapy drugs. Uh, they'll then get a more intensive course of chemotherapy treatment, kind of in and out of the hospital for a period of up to six months. And then beyond that, the rest of the time, which can be two years or even a little bit longer, that is outpatient chemotherapy. They come into the clinic usually once a month. Um, they're on pills every day. They're, they get in, intravenous uh, chemotherapy once a month. Uh, they get uh, uh, chemotherapy into their spinal fluid uh, to try to prevent uh, leukemia cells from being in there. Um, but it can, it can be, you know, patients are going to school under, at that situation. Um, their hair is probably back. Uh, their energy is usually pretty good. These are kids. They have a lot of bounce back. And so the, the, the typical, what we call maintenance part of treatment uh, for uh, ALL can be fairly well tolerated by most children. Mm -hmm. So here's Emily, diagnosed at age five. She's treated. The cancer comes back. Treated again. She relapses is the word you use when the cancer returns. She rel relapsed the second time. And her dad and mom bring her to CHOP because at her local hospital, they said, we think we're out of options. And, and you offer this therapy, which at the time was new and said, we said what we, this is brand new. You'll be the first pediatric patient in the world to get this therapy. That's exactly right. And you can imagine what that's like for the parents. It's a completely new technology. It's been tried in three adults with a different kind of cancer. Um, it, we have uh, almost no way to know how well it might work or if it might work at all. You know, we did see in the first adults evidence that it could work. So that was hopeful for, 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 for that different kind of cancer. But first ALL patient, first pediatric patient, first patient um, uh, treated at CHOP, uh, all these firsts and under a circumstance where you'd rather not be first because you'd like to know how it's worked in other patients mm -hmm. for sure. And I know, I, I mean, I've heard you say before, you offered this knowing that there were absolutely no other options and her parents were looking for a miracle, but I think their feeling was a healthy one 
if if we've been told there's no other option, we want to look back and feel like we tried everything within reason. The therapy is called CAR T cell therapy. Can you explain what that is to our listeners? Sure. So CAR T cell therapy is nothing like other cancer therapy. So uh, it's really based in your immune system, your own uh, immune system in your own body. Um, what we do is we collect cells from the patient. These cells are called T cells. T cells are part of your immune system. And those T cells usually are, are around to fight viruses. They're important in uh, getting rid of COVID infections. Um, but in this case, we're teaching the T cells something new. We're genetically modifying the T cells. That genetic modify, modification makes the T cells able to recognize these ALL, these cancer cells, in a way they couldn't before. And then, then all the power of the T cells is brought against the cancer. So T cells can grow. And as they grow, they can kill more and more cells. And they grow as, uh, as much as they need to. So if you have a little bit of cancer, you grow a little bit. If you have a lot of cancer, you grow a lot. And so we're taking the cells. We're genetically modifying them. That takes about three weeks. We give them back to the patient. Uh, and then we wait for the results. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you say that one T cell that's programmed to recognize cancer and kill it, they're killer T cells, can kill up to a thousand cancer cells. Am I right about that? Yeah, I, uh, that's exactly right. Um, and whether that happens because the T cells grow and so one T cell becomes a thousand T cells mm. that each kill cancer cell or one T cell is going on the hunt and killing multiple cancer cells, that's kind of hard to tell. But it is amazing to see uh, in the lab tests that we send um, how these cells can actually grow in the body these CAR T cells grow in the body to kill all the cancer that they can find, and they go everywhere the cancer is. It's incredible. So I think it's really fair that you said to her parents, our door is open. And I, and I trained at Sloan Kettering, we talked about this, and I remember going there and seeing very, very sick people, but there has to be an oasis somewhere where people who say, I'm willing to go a step further, the docs and the patients and the families, and, and that's what seems, you were very fair and said, this may not work. Oftentimes a brand new cancer therapy, we don't expect much, but maybe we'll move the needle an inch. You know, maybe we'll make a little progress. So what happened when Emily had the first transfusion? So she, she got, uh, essentially got these cells one time, uh, split over three days. So um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, we, we gave the, I gave the cells uh, right into her uh, intravenous line, right into her mm -hmm. blood. Uh, it was a short injection over a couple minutes, very um, uh, uneventful. Uh, to give the cells is uneventful. So collecting, uh, you need to collect the cells first. You uh, make the cells in the lab. That takes three weeks. That's very complicated, but that's away from the patient. But then when we walk in the door, we have a syringe. We give a few teaspoonfuls of cells through that syringe. It takes a minute or two. Uh, and uh, then the patient just has to wait around for a couple hours to make sure they don't have any kind of reaction. So that was the short-term uh, experience of every patient who gets this. It was done in the outpatient clinic in our oncology oncology clinic uh, here at CHOP. Uh, but then uh, really the night of the third day that she got the cells, um, she became sicker. Uh, she uh, initially had a fever and was admitted to the hospital and then proceeded uh, to get critically ill um, beyond that. Um, so she had a reaction and it was very clear that this reaction was from 
her getting these cells. And this reaction now has a name. It's uh, uh, called cytokine release syndrome, or CRS. And it is the most common toxicity of CAR T cells, but it was something we didn't know anything about at the time that we treated Emily. And I think people are more aware, having heard a lot of lingo related to COVID, that when you st when you poke the bear, when you stir the immune system, it's going to make these uh, products called cytokines, which life is a balance. If they get too activated, they're going to cause a lot of inflammation, more than you hoped for. And in this little girl, you measured lots of lab studies, and one of the proteins that was elevated, interleukin-6, IL-6, you happen to have, this was part of the whole miracle, I think, an FDA-approved drug that you were using for arthritis that matched the protein elevation that she had, and you used it, and what happened? So she goes to the hospital. She gets admitted uh, for the fever. She goes to the intensive care unit. Now she's as sick as she could possibly be. She's on a breathing machine. She's on medicines to uh, raise a low blood pressure, and low blood pressure is a really bad thing. Um, uh, her organs are starting to fail, um, and she's really receiving all the support that our outstanding ICU docs, that's uh, such a an honor to work with at CHOP, were able to provide the, the, to this uh, little girl. And nothing we were doing to try to control that immune uh, super reaction was getting anywhere. It was, she still had the high fever. She still had the low blood pressure. She still had the, bleeding, the, the uh, breathing, not bleeding, the breathing difficulty. All of that was going on. We, we sent these lab tests. We found this unexpected abnormality. It was completely unexpected. We had a drug at that time um, uh, in 2012 uh, that was used for a completely different purpose. You, you mentioned uh, used for arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, um, and uh, decided to use that drug as we call it off-label. So for something that nobody had ever intended it for, it had never been given to a cancer patient, never been used for a reaction like this. Um, and the uh, I think her response to it was nothing less than extraordinary. Uh, she got the drug eight o'clock at night, the day we got the lab test back. Her fever was gone within a couple hours, um, all night. Uh, now her blood pressure, instead of being too low, was too high, and they had to go down on these medicines to support her blood pressure very quickly. Um, and her breathing got better, better, better. The need for oxygen, she was 100% oxygen down to normal, uh, near normal oxygen levels. Extraordinary turnaround, really over about 12 hours. So by the next morning, she had taken enormous steps backward from being sick uh, toward being well again. And uh, she just continued that from there. So I would say, from my perspective, as a guy who's been doing this, a bone marrow transplanter and a cell therapist for 30 years, I've never seen anybody get better that quickly when they were that sick. It's like the calm after the storm, just a beautiful, I can't even imagine being there to witness her wake up, sit up and be well again. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Dr. Stefan Grupp from Children's Hospital. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. Hi, I'm Dr. Denny Carice, Chief Science Officer at Recovery Centers of America, and I'm here as your addiction expert. I get asked a lot by family members, you know, my loved one had a problem with cocaine or heroin. Why can't they have wine with dinner with me? Because I like to drink wine and it wasn't my problem, right? 
Well, I think about it like this. There's a genetic component to addiction overall, and there's lots of different genes, but if you've got it, you're gonna have a predisposition towards addiction to many different things. But the reality is that somebody who had a problem with one drug is very likely to develop a problem with another drug or with alcohol. Look at it like that carnival game on the boardwalks, whack-a-mole, where the, they come up and you hit it down and another one pops up and you hit that one down. That's kind of what this is like. You don't want to have all the different addictions coming up while you're whacking one down at a time. That's why people that have a problem with one drug really have to quit all mind-altering substances. So do yourself a favor, know that they've got to quit all the different mind-altering substances and maybe if you don't really need that wine with dinner, you can support them by not having it. After all, they're doing their best to maintain their recovery. If you or a loved one has a problem with alcohol or drugs, call 1-888-RECOVERY today or go to recoverycentersofamerica.com. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7. That number again is 1-888-RECOVERY. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction. You are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Devon and Lighthouse, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like, how can the healthcare industry earn the trust of patients? And what if your health outcomes and access to care weren't defined by your skin color, sexuality, gender, or zip code? At Genentech, we're removing barriers and partnering across the medical community to make clinical research as diverse as the world we serve to ensure communities have access to healthcare. Learn how we are working to make healthcare more equitable at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Welcome back to your radio doctor. We're hearing about this miracle cure of Emily Whitehead. Steve, the success rate in patients who have been treated since Emily, I know you said about 450 patients at CHOP and maybe 15,000 throughout the world. Yeah, so this has really uh, um, uh, been tried in, in a number of different uh, diseases and we can talk about that. But uh, if we think about just the leukemia uh, that Emily had, this ALL, um, our data at our data at CHOP have shown that more than 90% of patients will go into remission. Now that's just the first step. Emily was in remission before, and then she relapsed. So the next step is re, uh, preventing relapse. So I would say more than 90% of the patients going into remission. If you look at the worldwide data, more than 80%. And then the likelihood of staying there is somewhere around 50/50. So these are patients who 10 years ago, 10 years prior to Emily. Uh, would not even survive 10% of the time. And now we're having uh, 50 plus uh, percent likelihood of staying in remission, uh, you know, as we go further and further out. And now we not 
We not we don't just have Emily at ten years. We have uh, patients who are five, six, seven, eight, nine years out, and so we have uh, over forty patients who are um, uh, at least five years or more out from their cell therapy and got no other treatment, including I want to emphasize bone marrow transplant, mm. which is the thing we used to do for leukemia, and I'm excited that in at least some patients, we don't have to do those transplants anymore. Do you see a trend, Steve, in reaching for the CAR-T cell therapy first instead of chemo? Is that about to happen or is that happening now? So that's a great question. So uh, it'll never be the absolute first thing that you get. Um, So uh, uh, patients will always get a little bit of chemotherapy. But even right now, um, Dr. Shannon Maud, a doc at our hospital, is leading an international study to... uh, uh, find patients who are at very high risk of uh, relapsing uh, with a specific lab test, and then taking those patients after three months of chemotherapy uh, straight to CAR-T. So that's what, what, what we call in the business first line. It's part of their initial treatment. Um, and the goal is to uh, put them in, uh, fully into remission and then to keep them there and have them not receive a bone marrow transplant, which is typically what they do with these very high-risk patients. So yes, I think we can get very close to the first uh, uh, treatment with uh, CAR-T, but I think it'll never be the absolute first thing that you get. So what's just over-the-top amazing about all this, you've accomplished three things that I've heard you say. You've proven that it's effective in children. You're learning how to, or you have learned how to control toxicity. And in many cases, you can skip the bone marrow transplant with this therapy. Am I right about that? Um, That is exactly right. And I I can tell you, I am, I mean, I've been a bone marrow transplant doc my whole uh, career. And uh, if there are circumstances where we can skip the transplant, um, I'm all for it. Uh, If I can put myself out of business, uh, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Bone marrow transplants work. Uh, they are sometimes the only choice a patient has. Emily actually came to us for a bone marrow transplant, but she never got the transplant because she never needed the transplant. And that was actually something that the family worked with us on. They were like, uh, we'd really like to try this without transplant. And that that has opened the door to so many other leukemia patients who have had the uh, understanding of Emily's case. I have actually contacted the family. They're so generous about that. And uh, been, uh, you know, if, if the situations are appropriate, trying to avoid transplant in these patients, and again, more than half the time. And so uh, I, I think that's super exciting. But then, of course, we've moved on to other cancers, other blood cancers, so not just leukemia, but lymphoma uh, in adults. And this other disease that only happens in adults called multiple myeloma, all have CAR-T therapies. This was the first one that was FDA approved, but now there's six of them that are FDA approved. Um, and so that that's all moving along extremely well in blood cancers. And I think one thing that, that I want your uh, listeners to know is that while we're making a lot of uh, headway in the blood cancers, we're, we're still learning how to use these CAR T cells in solid tumors in like breast cancer, lung cancer, pancreas cancer, uh, these more common adult tumors that uh, we haven't figured out how to make the CAR Ts work yet. Although I remain extremely uh, optimistic that that's something we're going to do in the next few years. Well, Steve, your training alone is so impressive. And Your goal, I know, is not just to help children battle cancer, children that see you at CHOP, but really children around the world. It's remarkable. You and your efforts are, in my mind, (laughs) Nobel Prize status. But (laughs) and, And you're so humble about it, too. It's just refreshing. 
What is your message to our listeners? Well, I think uh, I think that research is incredibly important. I think we can really make a difference in, in the lives of our patients. And yes, I agree. It's not just about what we can uh, do at CHOP, but uh, what we w- can actually do to change the standard of care. And I think Emily's experience has changed the standard of care. Well, I did happen to see a video that was produced, I guess, in in uh, cooperation with a children's hospital called Fire to Fire. If people want to look for it, I guess they could find it on YouTube. And your colleague, Dr. Carl June, starts the video by saying, yes, I want to erase all cancer, or words that effect. And in the end, when he talks about seeing this little girl wake up after she was close to leaving us, it brings tears to his eyes. I- I've watched it so many times. I cry every time I watch it. Just, it's just beautiful what you all do, and uh, we congratulate you on that success. And um, I think the other thing worth mentioning is that the CAR T cell therapy is being used in other cancers, but also some non-cancers like sickle cell and some other blood disorders. Yes. Well, that's actually such a great thing to bring up. So. Uh, switching from CAR T cells to engineered stem cells, and you can't get into it right now, but today, this afternoon, the first FDA approval for a a engineered stem cell product that initially is treating one blood disorder called thalassemia and will be extended to sickle cell uh, within a few months. And so we are seeing the ability to use the same gene-modified techniques that we use in CAR T cells make a difference in the lives of other patients who don't even have cancer. And it's great that you brought it up because really everybody's phone has been ringing off the hook today with excitement about the FDA approval of this new uh, treatment for blood disorders. So that brings me to my last question. If people wanted to read more about uh, the therapy, is there a website they could visit? Well, CHOP has a lot of resources for this. um, And uh, so if you just do CAR-T and CHOP, you'll find um, um, explainers on this. Dr. Mukherjee uh, wrote a fantastic uh, cell therapy article in in The New Yorker that I would uh, recommend to anyone about the development of cell therapy and the challenges in both bone marrow transplant and cell therapy. And then um, if you have a chance to watch the um, uh, NPR uh, 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 show, uh, not NPR, but uh, PBS show, my fault, PBS show um, called The Emperor of All Maladies, uh, that'll take you through the whole story. Beautiful. And I know my colleague here at Jefferson, Dr. Scott Waldman, has been using CAR-T cell therapy to uh, devise a vaccine for colorectal cancer. Dr. Stefan Grubb, what a miracle worker you are. A busy man that took time to speak to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there a number somebody might call to have an appointment at CHOP? Um, so uh, if you just email uh, Onco Intake at chop.edu. Uh, that's for patients who are looking for a second opinion or treatment options for a child with cancer. Onco intake at chop.edu is the best way to get through the system. Beautiful. Now, people look it up on the CHOP website. It's CAR, C-A-R hyphen T, CAR T cells. Steve, I can't thank you enough. Thank you very much for having me. Enjoyed talking to you. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. 
This is Emily Rubin, dietitian from Thomas Jefferson University Hospital and from the Academy of Dietetics and Nutrition, presenting you with your nutrition tip of the week. So let's talk about barbecues and cookouts. Summertime is, an, is all about cookouts. According to a survey from Weight Watchers, the average person eats could eat up to 3,200 calories at a barbecue. That sounds almost more calories that's consumed than Thanksgiving. So we want to look out for we want to look out for some of the really high calorie foods such as mayonnaise-based products such as macaroni potato salad, hot dogs, hamburgers, ribs, chips, plus all those decadent desserts. The issue is these events can go on for hours of mindless grazing all day. But please don't turn down these invitations and also don't show up starving or skip meals in advance. Instead, choose these indulgent foods but just make smaller portions. It's taking a scoop of each of your favorites, potato salad, macaroni salad, and just having one serving. Maybe skipping the bun on the burger or the hot dog if you're choosing other desserts that have carbohydrates or high in sugar. And the other thing is use smaller plates that will make the portions look bigger. You can also plan ahead and bring your own healthy side to share with everybody if it's your own version of a, of a potato salad or fruit salad or any kind of um, fruit even for dessert. So when you're grilling, some of the leaner meats to choose are ground turkey breast and skinless chicken. You can also do 93% lean ground meat. Fish is, is, is a really important part of our healthy diets. Try grilling salmon, tuna, or steam some clams for a low-calorie protein-packed dinner or even lunch. <laughs> Summer is also the ideal to get the freshest catch of seafood from your local grocer. On the other hand, and when you're trying to build a burger without sacrificing the, the taste, trying a whole wheat bun and, again, using the lean, the lean meats and actually top instead of topping with mayonnaise, try topping with pineapple, wasabi, guacamole, or even low-fat regular cheese or feta cheese. Most importantly, you want to socialize with your friends and family. I also focus on that summer is only three short months. So mindful, balanced eating is a lifestyle, not a diet. Remember, moderation is key and view food as something to fuel your fun activities. Focus on the memories you're making with your friends and family and not the number on the scale. This is Emily Rubin, dietitian from Jefferson, presenting you with your nutrition tip of the week. For more information, go to yourradiodoctor.com. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. When you have orthopedic issues, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes orthopedics. You need an exceptionally specialized Rothman orthopedics physician. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. That's RothmanOrtho.com. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? You are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Devon and Lighthouse, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY. Now, When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like when it comes to diseases, can we strive to treat, prevent, and even reverse them? 
And how can we make healthcare more effective and more affordable? These are the types of questions that can help impact the lives of so many patients, that help push the boundaries of innovation and healthcare for all communities. At Genentech, we are the pioneers of the biotech industry, tackling some of the biggest questions in healthcare. Learn more at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, now Saturday afternoons at 5, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. And welcome back to Your Radio Doctor. Now we're here to speak to Emily Whitehead's dad, Tom Whitehead. Tom, it's such a pleasure to have you here and share your wonderful news. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Now, when you look back, Tom, Emily was a five-year-old little girl. I can't even imagine what went through your mind and your wife Carrie's mind when you got that news. How did Emily's story begin? I know you were; she had um, treatment, seemed to do well, but she relapsed twice. Then you brought her to Children's Hospital, and this CAR T cell therapy trials had just opened. What did Dr. Grupp say to you about the therapy? Yeah, so we transferred down there on March 1st of uh, 2012, and we met him not long after that. And um, he was he was quite honest with us and, you know, up front and said that um, the science behind this trial shows that it should work, but I, you know, we can't answer most of your questions on what could happen or what the outcome might be. Um, so, uh, he really answered all our questions. We liked speaking with him and his team, and it didn't take us long after he walked out of the room, uh, which was the first time I had ever met him, that we consented to uh, enter Emily into this new CAR T-cell trial as the first child in the world to receive this type of treatment um, because our other option was take her home on hospice and enjoy the days that we had left with her. So where did you find hope? What helped you to stay strong? You know, um, I told Emily, you, you got to stay positive. And, and we were looking for, you know, something outside the box. And I think that's what gave us hope because we knew at that point, um, we'd been through 22 months of standard treatment and it had failed her twice and it wasn't going to work. So um, honestly, hearing about a new way to fight cancer, it really, um, it was scary, but it also gave us that hope uh, that there's something new and, and hopefully less toxic. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Grupp just told us the storyline um, about meeting Emily, talking it over with you and Carrie, and then giving her the infusion. Pretty uneventful, but after a few days, she became very, very sick. I'm sure that was another hole in your heart. But then what happened on May 2nd? Tell us about that, if you would. Yeah, so she went through a very difficult time in a coma for 14 days um, mm. from the side effects of that treatment, killing so much cancer all at once. But then, you know, on May 2nd, uh, of 2012, uh, that's the day she woke up uh, from that 14 day coma and it was her seventh birthday. So, uh, uh, you know, after all those toughest times, it was just amazing, you know, to have her open her eyes again and, and see us. On any day of the calendar, but on her birthday, you know, the angels were there whispering to her to wake up, really. A absolutely. And then it was eight days later, they uh, checked her bone marrow, which was be May 10th of 12. And that's uh, the day Dr. Grupp called me and said that it had worked. Mm -hmm. So we did 22 months of failed standard treatment. And then 23 days after her first dose of the CAR T cells, she was cancer free. It's incredible. 
and now you celebrate 10 years. When you look back at your own life, you're a strong person. It's evident in the first sentence that you utter, but was there a time in your own life that prepared you for this type of a, uh, a journey? Yeah. Um, in my 20s, I got pretty sick. It started with Lyme disease and then uh, Crohn's disease. Um, and I fought that for as long as I could. It was staying out of the hospital. And eventually, I needed a surgery um, to remove part of my colon. Um, and I was at Johns Hopkins. And uh, I got in the elevator one day to go down for testing for my surgery. And there was this young child uh, who obviously was battling cancer. And uh, he was running the elevator for something to do. And I remember asking him, you know, how are you doing? And he, and he said, well, um, I'm not going to I'm not going to make it because I have terminal cancer, but I'm hoping that something they could learn from me might help kids in the future. So with uh, I was really glad that my mother was with me that day um, because it's almost seemed like a dream. But uh, from that day on, I told people that, um, you know, people with Crohn's disease don't have problems. Parents who have children with cancer are the ones that have problems. And then I found out that that was true. Well said. Everything is relative. And maybe that was the little angel that put that spark in your own mind to, to help prepare you. Um, did you ever hear anything more about that child or I guess? No, I didn't. And like I said, I was just happy. Um, I, I remember walking out of that elevator and, you know, asking my mother, like, how can that child be alone? We didn't know anything background or whatever, but he was bald and you know, had dark circles under his eyes and, and he was smiling and yeah. he was happy to help us get down to where we were going in the yeah. elevator. We talk about miracles and from listening to you, we had a great conversation and, and after speaking to Dr. Steve Grupp, three things that jump out at me, A, you happen to show up at CHOP 30 seconds after they announced they're starting this therapy. It was just, the trial was just opening. She would be the first. B, she had this severe reaction, and there happened to be one drug on the shelf that they were using for arthritis, and it happened to address the one elevated, pro she had several cytokines or these immune cells that reacted, but there was one in particular, and they said, okay, that's the only drug we have, let's go for it. And that really, that really was the magical, that was the magic pill. And then she turned around on her birthday. I mean, I, I said that to Dr. Grupp. When you watch the movie Fire with Fire, I guess Fighting Fire with Fire, and Dr. Carl June cries at the end, they were honest in the beginning. We don't know if this is going to work. And uh, just just an incredible story, beautiful story. Yeah, and all along, all we ever asked people to do uh, was pray for Emily um, or send a positive thoughts her way. And um, it was during that time that I, I posted, you know, I believe I'm witnessing a miracle and um, by the over the next few weeks there, we had like around 30,000 people on our page messaging us and uh, sending prayers to Emily. And uh, and really, they told us afterward that they felt like they were part of that miracle because uh, we posted everything online during that time. And um, I had had a whisper that uh, what I call a vision, what I call a whisper of that she was going to get better at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia a month before it happened and talked to my wife, Carrie, mm -hmm. about it. So... Um, and in my discussions with Carl June after uh, Dr. June uh, afterward, he said, Tom, I don't know what made you guys make the decisions you did, but he said, I can count six of those decisions. And if you change any one of them, Emily's not with us anymore. So I, I now believe in miracles.
Yes. Well, and I think that um, when I was a child, I was taught that, yes, you ask God for help, but uh, maybe not question his plan as much as, all right, Lord, if you're going to hand me this problem, what I'm praying for is the tools to handle it. Yeah, and that's, you know, that was my my main prayers. Um, my wife was the science part of it. She knew how to look everything up, working in research and uh, find out about the medicines. And then I was uh, in charge of hope. So I would I would uh, pray very hard and, uh, and trust in my instincts. And, and we both did. So we would put our minds together and make a decision and stick with it. And that's what got us through that. Yes. And some, and, and some amazing doctors and scientists and, uh, and supporters that helped keep us sane. And I know that um, there were two sort of mantras that you really instilled in Emily. Let's talk about those. Yeah, I, I told her that, you know, I did tell her that you have to stay positive. And, and I told her that um, only the strongest children in the world are picked to fight cancer right in the very beginning. Um, but I did tell her, you know, that you have to smile once every day. And that'll, you know, that if we stuck together as a family and, and we were able to do that, um, that that would help us get through it. And uh, there was some days it was pretty tough to get a smile out of her, but but she knew that I would do something once a day crazy or whatever it would take uh, to try to make everybody laugh. Well, I'm sure, Tom, and it's easy to tell other people to be strong, but you had to present that. You had to be the life raft, I guess, and be the positive force that you are. And, and who would think to say only the strongest children in the world get cancer? You have been chosen. That had to, that had to make her feel special. How do you make a child feel special with cancer in the same sentence? That in itself was so sweet and so brilliant. And then find something to smile about every day. Everybody listening can learn from that. Everyone, no matter how tough your day is, find something. Maybe that will lower your blood pressure. Maybe that will give you a new outlook on, on a problem and say, gosh, I thought it was this bad, but it's only this bad, right? Yeah, and you can always find somebody that's in much worse shape than you are in a, you know, in a worse situation almost every day. That was, that was true for us. Um, mm -hmm. The one mm -hmm. day when they told us there was a one in a thousand chance that she'd be alive in the morning, it was very tough, um, but we got through that, and it was because we had so many people supporting us. Were you there the day that she woke up? I mean, I'm sure you were there all the time, but were you there the moment when she woke up, or were you Absolutely, sleeping in yeah. the chair next to her? Wow. Yeah, my wife, my wife Carrie and I were the first thing she saw when she opened her eyes. Oh, unbelievably special. Let's take a little break, and we'll be right back with Tom Whitehead. Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Hi, I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars. That's Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some of these Medicare Advantage plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. And all plans include dental, vision, and hearing benefits with no co-pays for routine exams. Medicare's highest rating, Philly's most popular plan. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. 
Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. When you have joint pain, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes joints. Someone so focused on their specialty, they've written the book on it, literally. You need an exceptionally specialized physician from Rothman Orthopedics. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past the pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at rothmanortho.com. Official orthopedic partner of the Eagles, Phillies, and Sixers. Now, your weekly prescription brought to you by Genentech, the science-driven company that pioneered the biotech industry to transform how we treat the world's most complex health problems. And in our final segment of Your Radio Doctor, we usually call this Your Weekly Prescription brought to you by Genentech, but this is just such a continuation of a beautiful story. Tom, we've learned so much from listening to you about the power of positivity one of the sources of positivity came from a nurse who was taking care of Emily named Carly. Tell us what she shared with you and your wife, Carrie. Yeah, right after Emily was diagnosed, um, Nurse Carly came in one day and um, she said, you know, things are going to be very stressful for you over the next couple of years. And um, I want to give you some advice. I want you two to continue to date during this time um, because I see too many parents that come in here with their kids diagnosed with cancer and then they start fighting and arguing and not agreeing on things. And then pretty soon, if they get separated or divorced, then the child starts missing treatment and it actually affects the outcome of them. Um, so I want you two to, to have this time together to strengthen your marriage and, and remember to date. And uh, that'll help get you through this. And, uh, and we're still uh, close with Nurse Carly today. And it was some of the best advice we received. So really another angel that just happened to fly by and say, you have to have this strong foundation and support each other. You have to be a united, you have to be a team because you're right. Then if one, you know, one person, the couple says, I want to go with the pink pill and the other person says the blue pill, if it doesn't go well, then there's room to blame the decision-making and the process. And, uh, and um, that I think is beautiful advice in so many situations that people have to remember that, Working together makes a huge difference. I can tell you the oncology nurses are a bunch, a, a big group of angels. Yeah. Well, they, they see so many sad stories and uh, situations, and they become attached to you forever, as you said. I mean, Carly will always be in your life, I'm sure. They're just like family. Mm-hmm. So I know Emily's story was just written up in People Magazine, wasn't it August 1st? Yeah, it's in the August issue right now. Mm -hmm. And you've traveled as a family, sharing your story, spreading the hope. Tell us about the book, the name of the book that's that you've written. Yeah, so with the uh, with the whispers I received to help guide us, I wanted to uh, elaborate more on that. And when Emily was featured in Ken Burns's documentary, uh, "The Emperor of All Maladies," um, him and I became friends, and I was telling him about you know having this vision of mm -hmm. Emily getting better and. I knew three things, and then that actually happened a month or so later. And that's when he encouraged me. He said, "Tom, you need to do a book about this." So we we did the book, praying for Emily, the faith, signs, and miracles that saved our daughter. And we had some amazing people help us, including Ken Burns, who wrote the introduction to our book. 
and it's for sale in bookstores and then on, on Amazon right now. Um, it took a lot of our family work, uh, a lot of work from our family to get that to happen um, and make it happen. So we appreciate anybody that takes the time to read it, and, and we hope that it inspires uh, whoever reads it. And we've had a lot of positive feedback uh, from the people who have taken the time to do that. Well, Tom, thank you. I, I want to close and, and give you a big hug, uh, a virtual hug, um, <laughs> and tell people that there's a movie uh, that's coming out called Of Medicine and Miracles. And on September 17th, everybody sign up to go to the Believe Ball at the Valley Forge Casino. Any of this information can be found. There is a foundation, the Emily Whitehead Foundation, website emilywhiteheadfoundation.org. I'll repeat, emilywhiteheadfoundation.org. And I'm hoping we'll hear a few words from Emily before we close the show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, I know, Emily, that your treatments were many years ago. You were a little girl, and I've heard you say that you only remember the good parts, like playing air hockey with your dad. Now you're... How are you so beautiful? What do you eat? (laughs) Um, Well, I would say that my favorite food is actually fruit. I love fruit. So, Oh, good girl. Well, I know your mom know. has a master's in nutrition too. That can only yes. help everybody in your family. But it's thrilling to hear 10 years cancer-free and you're about to start your senior year in high school. Yes. What's next for Emily Whitehead? Tell us. Um. Well, this fall I'll be applying to colleges. Um, and in January, I finally got my license. So that was fun. And Oh, um, yay. Yeah, I've been able to drive places and go places with friends. That has been really fun. Um, But after senior year, I hope to go to college, um, which will be next fall. So that's pretty much what's next for me. And that's exciting for anybody. But what what are your dreams? Do you have any particular area of study that you think might pull you in a certain direction? Yeah, um, I'm really interested in environmental science. I'm pretty certain that that's going to be my major. Um, I was thinking about doing maybe film or photography as well, but I'm not really set on that. Um, But I know for sure that I would like to pursue environmental science. But what a great combination, because if if you study environment and you can photograph it and capture it and Mm -hmm. use beautiful photography to remind people what we all need to work together to preserve, that could be a pretty great combination. Yes, for sure. And the whole college application process should be fun. It'll be a nice way for you to go visit colleges, I guess, with your mom and dad. Are you thinking of staying someplace close or maybe venture out a little bit? I'm pretty certain that I want to stay on the East Coast. I would say right now um, Brown University is probably my number one pick. But um, I've also been looking at like Penn and um, a whole bunch of mostly East Coast colleges. Mm Mm-hmm. So you could be a brown bear or you could be a Penn Quaker. Yes. I guess, you know, the mascot's very important to me, you know, have to and mm-hmm. learn the fight song. Well, Emily, yes. we wish you a lifetime of happiness and good health and truly appreciate you and your dad for joining us. God bless you. We'll all keep you in our prayers. And I just want to thank you and wish you well. Yeah, thank you so much. EmilyWhiteheadFoundation.org. People can find all the great information about the book, Praying for Emily the faith, science, and miracles that saved our daughter, the upcoming movie called Of Medicine and Miracles, and The Believe Ball on September 17th at the Valley Forge Casino. Now, your real champion, presented by the Rothman 
And now for your real champion. I call this segment, The Little Girl Who Changed the World. Today, I had the privilege of speaking with a doctor whose dedication to curing cancer is making history, a father whose hope and faith are palpable, and a beautiful young woman whose gratitude is inspirational. Dr. Stefan Grupp has spent over 30 years in research, and this engineered cell therapy opened a brand new field of medicine, and he received the first global approval of the cell therapy and the first gene therapy to be approved in the U.S. And now there's hope for using it to treat other cancers like lymphoma, leukemia in adults, and non-cancer diagnoses like sickle cell anemia. The goal is to help children with cancer, not just at children's hospital, but throughout the world. And his efforts and results are of Nobel Prize status. Tom Whitehead is an absolute force in positivity. When doctors at his local hospital said there was nothing more they could offer, Tom turned to his wife, Carrie, and said, no, we're not giving up. We're going to Children's Hospital in Philadelphia. And we will not let Emily see fear in us. He would lift Carrie and Emily with his confident resolve and wait to shed his own tears in private. We can all learn from his mantra to find something to smile about every day. Emily is a beautiful young woman inside and out. She appreciates her new lease on life and finds joy in the most basic everyday activities like going to school or getting her driver's license. She was truly the little girl who changed the world. We salute you, Dr. Stefan Grupp, Tom and Carrie Whitehead, and of course, Emily Whitehead, your real champions. Thank you for listening to your radio doctor every Saturday at five o'clock on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Next week, Dr. Alex Schlachterman from Jefferson will talk about small tumors in the esophagus, stomach, and colon that he can remove without surgery. Listen at three o'clock this coming Saturday, August 27. That's three o'clock next Saturday. Thank you to our exclusive sponsor, Independence Blue Cross, and for support from Recovery Centers of America, Rothman Orthopedic Institute, and Genentech. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, wishing you a happy, healthy, and safe week with the ones you love. Always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. To contact Dr. Marianne and to listen to today's show as well as past shows, visit yourradiodoctor.com. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Hi, I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars. That's Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some of these Medicare Advantage plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. And all plans include dental, vision, and hearing benefits with no co-pays for routine exams. Medicare's highest rating, Philly's most popular plan. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. 